Lee Matthew Goldberg. I'm the author of Slow Down, which will be out January 20th, 2015 by New Pulp Press. Sitting here with Margot Berwin. She's the author of Hot House, Flower, and the Nine Plants of Desire and Scent of Darkness, both published by Pantheon. Um, and we're just going to have a chat about influences and art and what it takes to kind of be published and to go through that process. Thank you, Lee. Um, Lee and I went to graduate school together um, to the new school in New York, and we were in the same tiny class together, yes. and now we've both been published, so we're going to talk about sort of how that went. What's really interesting is that was my first class at the new school with Helen Schulman, who was a great teacher and a great author as well. Um, and so many things wound up happening from that class because I wound up getting my agent, which is your agent, Sam Hyatt which never would have happened if I hadn't met you in that class about 10 years ago, exactly. almost. Exactly. Is it 10 years ago? It's been about, because I, oh I graduated <laughs> in 2006. Yep. So that class, I think, was 2005. Yep. So we're, we're, so we're yeah, edging up on 10 we're years. We're edging up on 10 years. <laughs> um, and it's, it's crazy to think about sort of where we were as writers then versus where we are now yeah. um, and all of the different projects that we were working on. At the new school, was Hot House something that you were thinking about or working on at all? Well, I had written two books. I wasn't a big believer in graduate school. I was one of those people. Okay. You can't teach anybody how to right, write. Right, right. But I had written two books before going to graduate school, and they did not get published, although one of them did get me a scholarship. Oh, okay. School. So, mm -hmm. it, in a sense, it was still, you know, still good to write it, but mm -hmm. it was only after I graduated that I had the two novels published. And I was writing one of them during, during the new school. Mm -hmm. It came out very different than what I was, how I was working on it during school. But yeah, I had started it during the new school. Um, how did you find it changed after you graduated? Did you look at sort of writing very differently afterwards? Yeah, I, I needed help. When I look back on it, I can see that I needed help not with like writing, I think you're either a writer or you're not. Or you're not. not. You I agree completely. Or yeah. You don't. Yeah. But I do think that I learned a lot about just techniques, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. structure, mm -hmm. how a novel really is put together. Like before the new school, I thought I don't need any structure. At yeah, all. yeah. I'm just gonna wing it, and it's gonna be good and new. It's mm -hmm, gonna be new. Mm -hmm, <laughs> mm -hmm. <laughs> But then I realized that publishers don't. You know, they like they like, like structure. Structure, structure like works. Three part structure and it also it helps the writing because you have a framework mm -hmm. and then you can go crazy inside the framework but it's good to have the framework. I completely agree. I don't think I would ever write a book again that wasn't outlined in some type of form whether it's 75% of it, 80% of it. Um, the first book that I had written, um, Eating the Sun, which I was working on at the new book. school, yeah. That's the only one I've ever written where I had no idea kind of where it was going. And also why that book is taking me like 10 years <laughs> to write, which I don't really want to ever do again. Yeah. For whatever reason it needed to be for that book, but I completely agree with you that structure was a huge thing that I really learned. Um, and really sort of aesthetics, you know, the, the program was really about like the beauty of writing and the beauty of sentences. And that was sort of a very big focus, I remember. Um, more so literary, where I feel like I'm moving a little bit more in a commercial direction now, um, which I'm okay with as well. Yeah. And it was also great just for meeting other writers. It was the first Absolutely. place I really, I was always writing in a total vacuum mm -hmm, alone. Mm -hmm. You know, I never really knew other writers. And when I got to that program, I was like, wow, you know, I met all these other writers, which was great. 
And I'm still friends with lots of people. From yeah, I, I'm, I'm surprised at how many relationships <laughs> I've kind of kept up with throughout the years. Um, and everything else, I mean, Gorilla Lit, the, the series that I run, also came from the new school as well. We're all new schoolers. That also wouldn't have happened without kind of meeting up there. How did you start there? Well, I, it originally was um, under a different name. It was called Fiction Flask, I think. Um, and it was just a bunch of us that wanted to be able to read our work basically in front of people outside of school. School was ending for us and it felt kind of strange that we weren't going to have this outlet where we could see how people were responding to what we were writing. So just to cut in, Gorilla Lit is a reading series that happens on the last Wednesday of yes, every month? Yes, um, we've been running it for about seven years now and it's the last Wednesday of every month at Jimmy's number 43 in New York City. Um, and it's been great. We've had, you know, some amazing writers from people starting out, um, to people like Lev Grossman has read for us too. And you yourself has read, yes. I think twice actually twice. for and Gorilla. it's always packed and it's always fun. It's amazing that it's always packed. Very few Thank reading you. series are like that crowded all the time. I think it helps that there are four of us that run it. Run it. Um, I know I was recently, I went to, um, paragraph reading series and I was talking to, um, uh, the person that runs that, who does it all on her own, and I was so impressed by that because I can't imagine the legwork and everything else that goes into it without having three other people to take some of that stress off. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's a really fun thing. We're off now for, for Christmas, which is nice too, yeah. um, but we'll be back in um, January where I'll actually be reading from uh, my book because it's coming out, I think, two days before basically the reading well, I'm um, very excited for these thank you so that that should be like a nice uh, kind of nice little party for that as well yeah. during it um, so I want to ask you so, about some of your influences and how they've maybe changed over the years in terms of when you've been working on separate things um, for scent of darkness in, in particular what what were some of your influences when you were working on that um, well scent of darkness is a book about um, a sadomasochistic relationship and simultaneously about the making of perfume and mm. scent. And it's um, about a, a girl whose grandmother leaves her a vial of scent that once she puts it on, she can never take it off of her body. Mm -hmm. And it attracts everyone to her, good and bad. Um, it takes place in New Orleans, and I moved down to New Orleans for about nine months to write the first draft mm -hmm. of it. Did you feel like you needed to be there because of just everything that goes along with New Orleans and the history and sort of like the yeah. sexiness that that exists in, in New Orleans as well? There, mm -hmm. and I, want, I had taken a trip there and I was definitely going to set it there. Also, the, the scent of New Orleans in the summertime, like there's flowers blooming mm -hmm. everywhere, magnolia and hibiscus, they're just, the scent of New Orleans is very powerful, mm -hmm. so I thought I should be immersed in that while I was writing the book, so I just gave up my apartment and moved down there. It was weird because my boss at the time said, I was telling him I wanted to do this, and he happened to say, oh, I have an apartment in New Orleans. Oh, perfect. In the French Quarter, yeah. he couldn't go anymore because he was going through AA, so he wasn't allowed, his sponsor was like, you're not allowed to go down to New mm -hmm. Orleans. So he just gave me the key. <laughs> so Thank it God turned for, out really well. <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, whenever you have a deal like that, you need to just jump on it. You know, especially as a writer, yes. um, you know, you're not paid to go do the research necessarily. You don't know if the deal is happening and, and all of that. Um, so to have that situation where you really have a good 
place to stay while you're there. Oh, yeah. Perfect. Oh, yeah. Um, I think for that book, I was really influenced by, we were just talking about this, I was influenced by the poetry of Jim Morrison. Mm -hmm. um, the, the, two, the name of those two books, where is that? We were just, oh, here they are. One of them is called Wilderness, and one of them is called The Lords and the New Creatures. Okay. And his poetry, which he did before he, before the doors were formed, mm -hmm. when he was in college, was just absolutely amazing. It was very inspiring to me. Um, I also was reading Anne Rice, not because she's from New Orleans, right. but just mm -hmm. because I liked that she was the first person mm -hmm. to sort of do the vampire stuff. Mm -hmm. I mean, not the very first Dracula was before Anne Right, Rice, but, but she, she took it series. to a different kind of level almost. Yeah, and I was very interested in the fact that she, her first book, Interview the Vampire, took nine years to get published. Really? She was rejected kind of across Constantly. the board? Yeah, wow. telling her nobody was interested yeah, in vampires, yeah, yeah. which couldn't be more Right, wrong. I mean, think about <laughs> now and True Blood and the Twilight. Oh my and, God, you know, it's it, crazy. She really yeah. kind of set that up almost. She did so i was very interested mm, in reading mm -hmm. you know kind of what she had to say her house is topic. beautiful in new orleans i remember oh, i went with a friend and we didn't go on a tour but we like jumped on with the tour right when they were in front of her house um just to kind of hear about it and yeah this very gothic you know looks like it's kind of falling apart but is also beautiful at the same time um which kind of has that whole new orleans feel to oh, it yeah yeah and i was also reading perfume Oh, oh, that's a great book. I love Perfume. That's a great book. And also a book called, I forget the author, but it's called The Perfect Scent. Mm, it's mm -hmm. an incredible book about making perfume. I grew up down the hall. My neighbor growing up, um, she runs, I think, if I'm misquoting, the Museum of Perfume, and she's one of the few people with, like, a perfect knows so few of those um her name's know. annette green you know she's oh i wish i had oh my god i wish i'd spoken to you about yeah writing scent of yeah i i i, I wow. just sort of realized it now um but i remember her telling me that there's like only a few people in the world who can literally just dissect every note yes. of what's in something and she has like a perfect nose I mean, those people get paid a lot yeah money. i think she did very well for herself you know <laughs> um I, I don't think she was upset with how her life turned out at all no. um but it's it's interesting um all of the different influences that you really pulled from yeah. for for that book yeah. um with hot house was it sort of very different in terms of the the research process yes. for you hot house flower and the nine plants of desire was my first book mm -hmm. And I lived in Mexico to write that book because that book is really about shamanism. Mm -hmm. And my major influences, my major influence of the writing of that book is without a doubt Carlos Castaneda. And a large chunk of the book also takes place in Mexico. Yes. Mm -hmm. I mean, I went down there to learn about plants and, mm -hmm. and how shamans use plants curatively, and mm -hmm. mystically and spiritually. And that is one of my great loves in life is the study of shamanism so i was really really happy at like it to write that book it's yeah just such yeah a, an absolute dream i find shamanism fascinating too I've, I've told you that i i did a trip once where i went to the amazon um and lived with shaman for about two weeks uh with a friend of mine it was through a national geographic trip and it was really eye-opening i'm the type of person where i mostly live in a land of logic so it was hard for me initially to kind of accept this world that is very different from the world that we're in. Um, but I really was sold while I was there. There were definitely things that I couldn't quite explain that either I experienced or I saw during that trip. 
um, that to the average person doesn't make any sense unless you kind of went through a similar thing. And I couldn't believe you had done that. I like to think that I had influence over that class in some, in some <laughs> maybe absolutely absolutely. More than one of you ended up going. To yeah, I mean how how it wound up happening, and, and we were in um, it was it was off um, Iquitos in Peru. Um, sort of the very tip of the Amazon where, where you could... Actually, it's one of the few places you could drive right into the Amazon. Most it's flying or, or through boat. Um, and yeah, my friend had seen an article in National Geographic that was just to take a tour with Shaman for a couple weeks and learn about their practices and, you know, eat their food and, and, and everything. Um, and both of us were writing at the time books about jungle. Mine took place in um, El Patan. Um, in Guatemala, but for me, I was like, that's close enough, you know, yeah. jungle's a jungle, um, and there were parts where the book I was writing, um, took place weren't the safest parts to go to, where we went, it was quite safe, yeah. um, and it was kind of one of those things where my friend mentioned it, and a few weeks later, we were in the Amazon experiencing this. So this is three people in this very small class from the new school who yes. ended mm -hmm. up living in the jungle, myself in Mexico and yeah, Guatemala, yeah. and you and Mariah in um, in Peru. In Peru. Yeah, so, I mean, it's pretty there might that there we might were, have we were been in a very like small class. I yeah, mean, absolutely. Was, like, really Maybe there was, there was a pervading sort of a Carlos Castaneda yes. kind of influence and vibe lingering over everything. And I got in trouble at the new school because I did my thesis on Carlos Castaneda, and they were not happy about that because oh really they, because it's. They wanted us to do... I was in a fiction program. Yes, and yes. And he's not considered... It's not clear. Mm, some mm -hmm. people think he's fiction. Some people think he's not fiction. Non-fiction, I believe he's non-fiction. Yeah. I, mm -hmm. he was, he's my hero in writing because he took an incredibly difficult topic, fictionalized it enough, and made mass, massive bestsellers of 12 oh, yeah. books mm -hmm. that are all... I've read them each about four times. Mm -hmm. and every single time I read them, I get something completely different mm -hmm. from them, which is just, it still shocks I me. I definitely was reading, and I'm, I'm maybe misquoting the, t the Don Juan. Mm -hmm, the first uh, one. The first one. Yeah. Um, I either right before, or maybe I even had it with me when we went to the jungle, um, mostly just because it seemed to kind of marry so well with that experience. Um, and my thesis, actually, besides the fiction book that we were writing, I kind of pitched just let me write about this experience like in a journal form and they approved that. So yeah, you did that for your thesis. Yeah, so yeah. I saw a lot of shamanism in the thesis. That's crazy. I had I to ultimately after I came back and I submitted it, I had to go back and talk about like influences and add some authors they, they and asked stuff you like to, that. To yeah, yeah, like it, it didn't have enough kind of base about sort of literature yeah. um but it was like a like you know, a couple extra pages it added to it really like weirded out that like more than one person in that time yeah class. i mean the the book i the book i was writing which is the the um eating the, eating sun. the sun um one of the main characters is a shaman so for me it was just let me go do the research basically um and i what's interesting is um this book that's coming out um, didn't have that much research because it was about sort of people kind of lost who are all kind of connected to Hollywood in some form. And it was a world that I felt like I knew a lot about, um, either through friends or, you know, other experiences that I had. So it wasn't so much a book where I needed to go travel somewhere to do the research. The yeah. research was kind of all Which in my head a little bit. Because the book I'm writing now, 
working on now doesn't include a lot of research yeah. either. So I'm curious, like, which you prefer? I think for myself personally, I like to kind of flip it. So to have a book that I'm working on where it's not so research heavy, and then to go do one where you kind of start with the research and then the book forms yeah. out of the research a little bit. I like doing, I like them both too. Mm -hmm. I like going back and forth myself, but I like research because I'm not, like you're always taught, like write what you know. Right, right. And I'm a big believer in writing what you don't Yeah, know. I always it's think that's... more fun to I, write I mean, what you don't I know. I remember being told that by teachers sort of throughout my, my writing yeah, me career. Too. Me too. And I never agreed with that. You know, especially I remember I was told that in college. And I was like, what do I know? I'm a college student. Yeah, exactly. Like, how many <laughs> books have you read about just like people in college and yeah. hooking up and parties and yeah. studying? And, you know, like... That was your life. Salinger did it. Yeah. I want. Knowles did it. I always wanted to write <laughs> about experiences that I haven't had. I mean, I think that's the beauty of being a fiction writer yeah, is you have the option where you don't have to necessarily write about right. what you know. And these days you can learn about everything. I was working on a book. Part of it took place in India. Um, I would like to go to India to do some of the research, but a lot of the research I was able to do online. Yeah. I literally watched just YouTube videos of like the street that I wanted to write about. Yeah. And saw, like, the shops that were on it and the people that were a part of that world and everything. Um, so I think these days research is a lot more accessible than it used to be, thanks to the internet and, and, and everything. And it's just fun. Like, you get to learn. You know, you want to keep... The exciting thing about writing is that you get to keep learning mm -hmm. new things all the time. And it's thrilling to write about things that you don't know about and that you get to spend mm -hmm. a year or two with oh yeah absolutely and learn about them pretty deeply if you're spending a, you know a mm -hmm. long time on a book you could actually learn something quite thoroughly yeah so. and 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 for myself that's sometimes how books come about is something i'm just interested yeah, in me too. Yeah. and then the book kind of forms from that in some way um, this, this book that i just finished the the interesting story about it is i wrote a draft when i was 23 and then just kind of threw it in a de in my desk for about 10 years. Um, and then I had left the job that, that I, was, uh, I was at. I was a, a, a professor at um, LaGuardia uh, College. And I kind of just wanted to write for a year. I felt like I owed it to myself to try to make this career happen and just write everything that I always wanted to. And I picked up the book and the writing was not great. But the plot was all there, and I pretty much kept the majority of that plot, even in the rewrite, and everything I learned from like the new school and things like that, I really just kind of implemented into it, and I don't think it ever would have worked otherwise. Yeah. I don't think at 23 I had enough like life experience to write that book, but I think if I started it now, it would have lost a lot of the rawness yeah, yeah. that the character had, because the character is a 22-year-old guy from New York City. Um, and I think I needed to be that age to kind of capture his experience, um, going through it yeah. and then kind of reflecting back on it. Yeah, I think so too. I have some books that I wrote early on that I would like to relook at. And you I should. And I think the same thing is going to have to happen. Yeah, so yeah. I have the rawness of writing them when I was in my 20s, mm -hmm. but now, but they weren't formed. So now I could keep the rawness, but add the knowledge of how to yeah put you know and who's to say that everything you've written doesn't get published in some form yeah, yeah. you know you, you have the platform already yes yeah that's it's true. just the question of is that something you feel like working on yeah. now yeah. 
you know, or is there something else that's kind of pulling you in terms of what you want to work on? Um, so you were telling me a little about what your, your, your current project, um, and that you were kind of debating whether it was going to be purely fiction yeah. or have like a narrative nonfiction quality yeah. to it. It started out as I wanted to write a novel and, um, I guess I get to the title of it, right? Yeah, sure. If you want to. The you title know. of it is My Baby. Okay. Nobody take that. And um, <laughs> I, it started out as sort of um, a fiction with double first, per with two first person uh, narrators. Mm -hmm. And I wrote a lot of it in a notebook and I lost the notebook. You told me that, which to me is, yeah. as a writer, the most heartbreaking thing that could ever happen. I've read somewhere that it happens to everyone once. I think so. In some, form. in some form. Like, I had a computer that crashed, and I lost a chapter once in life, but that exactly. do, that doesn't compare to, to what happened I to you. I had written it by hand, and mm. I don't even, I'm not even sure why I would written that whole thing by hand, but I had decided to. And I remember the orange notebook. I was in Union Square. It was really hot outside, mm -hmm. so I sat on it. I used. I was sitting on the steps in Union Square, and I used the notebook to sit on. And for people that don't know, Union Square Station in the summertime is literally what? like the seventh circle of hell. Yeah, it's really It is hot. 125 degrees completely. Yeah. and it's stone, and the stone yes. heats up mm -hmm. in the sun. So I was just using it to sit on, and then I got up and walked away and went back to my oh apartment. Oh, my God. And I forgot all that fact that I'd been sitting on it, and I just left it there. So I eventually tried to re, out of memory, just put the mm -hmm, whole thing back mm -hmm. together again. And I got about 35 pages just out of me memory. And that was a few years ago, so I just started working on it now, after Sun of Darkness. And um, it's not coming out as fiction anymore. Mm -hmm. now, Maybe it was never meant to be. It's just not, it's weird, it's just not coming out that way. Mm -hmm. And I... I really wanted to work on it, and I was looking at it, looking at it, thinking, why can't I work on this? And then I realized it's the point of view, and it's the fiction versus nonfiction. Mm -hmm. And now I'm really excited about it because I just let myself go. I got away from the pages I had written and just let myself just write, mm -hmm. just free write. And what was coming out was first person narrative nonfiction, which is something I don't generally write. I'm yeah, a fiction writer. Yeah. So for me it's completely new and a little scary because it's very revealing. Of course. But But exciting as it's well. It's exciting. Yeah. yeah. And it's something I feel strongly about. It's a topic I feel strongly about. It's the topic of fertility and fertility. Mm -hmm. And I have a lot to say about that topic. Mm -hmm. So I feel like it needs a narrative nonfiction. Not quite not quite narrative nonfiction, mm -hmm. kind of like Erica Jones. Okay. Mm -hmm. Like in Fear of Flying mm -hmm. or How to Save Your Own Life. It's mm -hmm. sort of a bridge between nonfiction and fiction. It seems like there's a real call for that right now in, in yeah. fiction. You You're seeing of, a lot of, of it. Of yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, because Fear of Flying was in the 70s, yes. right? You know, there's kind of more uh, like a reconnaissance for that there now. There is. And then Mary Gateskill was, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. was sort of, and she has said that she, she came to the new school once. Fear of Flying. She, she, yes, she did. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember hearing her speak. Um, I think it was, she wrote that book, Two Girls Fat, One Thin. Yes, yeah, Two think, Girls yeah. Fat. Yeah. Two Girls Fat and Thin. I think she was talking about that. Yeah, yeah. And I, I like really. Really love Mary Gateskill, and she she has said that Erica Jong probably most likely had an influence on her mm, that was mm -hmm. subconscious 
because in, in Mary Gateskill's youth, Erica Jong was the huge the big thing. Yeah, writer. yeah, yeah. So yeah. just like all of us are sort of somewhat influenced by Mary Gateskill in mm-hmm. writing like that, she was influenced by Jung. It's interesting how it sort of gets passed down throughout yeah. generations. You know, I mean, in some ways, I think whatever you write, it's always influenced by a million things. You know, we live in New York City. We're constantly bombarded with so much. It's sometimes hard to tell exactly what your influences were for a certain project. And by the way, Lee and I are probably the last two writers living in Manhattan, so... Probably, yes. <laughs> who are also both from... First well, of we're all, from we're, here, we're so. one of the last few people who are, who are native who are New Yorkers New York. and wound up like crazy people just staying here for our entire lives. <laughs> all of our friends are officially gone. They're either I, it, Brooklyn or Portland You know, it's, it's, it's true. You know, New York is, is really mutating and it's changing a lot. And it's losing, I feel like, a lot of its character. A lot. Um, yeah. And I know a lot of people who are, are leaving it, you know, but... All my friends are gone, but I still have hope. I love the Yeah, I mean, I, I think I will always be here in some form. A, I don't drive, so <laughs> yes. where am I going to go? Don't drive yet. <laughs> I don't drive yet. I mean, if somehow L.A. calls me in, in, in some form... If Lee and I are writing a film together, so if we get the chance to go out to yes. L.A., who knows? <laughs> who knows? Absolutely. <laughs> the two non-drivers will have to the get two in non- the car. <laughs> you know what? We sh- that, that would be a really interesting... just do that. ...about just two New York... You know, Larry David... Curb Your Enthusiasm has sort of the fish out of water, the oh, New Yorker in L.A., but, like, two New Yorkers don't that don't drive, drive... Taking a cross-country You know, and trip. existing in L.A. and, like, what kind just of goes along with that. Or just though. the trip cross-country. <laughs> um, so it's interesting that, that you brought up sort of what, we're, what we both are working on, which kind of organically happened and wound up being really sort of fascinating and interesting because... Neither of us had ever written something really with somebody never. before, I've for the never most part. With I had else. never either. Um, and this story kind of fell in your lap, um, and you pitched it to me, and then it, we just kind of went with it, it for so the most easy. part. It was so easy. Like it was a story of sort of loosely based on the Malaysian mm-hmm. flight. Yes. And it was about the fact that we had this thought that the flight didn't go down, mm-hmm. crash, it went up. Yes. So we're going to mm-hmm. do a science fiction story about the flight being taken mm-hmm. up by mm-hmm. aliens. And I had that thought and I was talking to Lee. We both write in this writing center called Paragraph and I was just talking to him and he said, oh yeah, that sounds great. I'd love to work on that with you. And I was like, okay. <laughs> and then it just went way. from there. Well, I think it started, you were like, I want to do a, a sci-fi take on, and you had that image, had that image yeah. of it. And and then it all just kind of fell from there. And we wrote the first draft, I mean, something we're still working on. Yes. But the first draft came very fast, you we know. We wrote it in about a month. It was about a month. Two, maybe two months. Yeah, I th- yeah, you know, I think we plotted it, so yeah. we like did the beats. Oh, we did the treatment. We, we did, did the treatment, treatment I think about two weeks. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. And then, and the rest of it was was about a month. You know, you had the great connection in the Hamptons, so we yes, had a, a we house to, to kind of beach. write in. So that <laughs> definitely helped it. Um, but it was interesting because I had no idea how that was going to turn out working with somebody, which could have just been a nightmare. Um, but really, was was um, it was a good experience. It was a great experience, and it 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 really just got me excited about. Um, me too especially screenwriting and and kind of that avenue for my life as well yes. where I don't think I just want to write fiction books I want to do TV and I want to do film and I feel like so much is changing in terms of that you see so many fiction writers these days that are show running and have written TV shows and are going into screenwriting and are becoming successful and I think it's really because we know how to tell stories very well right we could do it in any 
And as a novelist, we know how to tell very long stories. Yes. So I, that's something that I think Hollywood, it's very appealing to them yeah, because um, they think in terms of sort of an hour and a half movie and a show could be 50 hours long, which is, you know, like a trilogy of novels in yes. some way. Um, so I definitely find myself kind of being called more to, to that, uh, to those genres at, at times. And it was a nice break from fiction writing it's for a, a little bit. It's a great break. And it was I feel like I needed it. Someone else. It's faster. It's, it's a little bit easier, I think, writing yes. a screenplay than writing yeah. a novel. And it was fun. It's mm -hmm. fun. It's mm -hmm. like, for a novelist, scream, this was like a break. <laughs> it's <laughs> it true like because as a novelist, I mean, you're really in your head for a, a large chunk of the day for the most part a large chunk of years I mean, a large you, chunk you of years yeah oh yeah absolutely i never would write a book that i have no interest in writing yeah. because i i always love writing i get so much joy out of it and i get so excited about it that to me i can't imagine working on something that wouldn't give me that joy well, that's why i never understood ghost writing yeah ever. yeah because you're writing a book you still have to write the book but it's not a topic that you chose, and it may not even and it's be not, a topic it, that then you it, like. And then it doesn't wind up being yours. And it's not even yours. I never yeah. understood that. If, I, if you know, as a job, I, I do other things. But mm -hmm. that's like, I wouldn't go straight. I agree. I don't, I don't think I could do that. Unless somebody was like, here's a lot of money to do yeah. it. Yeah. And then maybe I would reconsider <laughs> it. But I, I don't think I would enjoy it like I enjoy sort of writing. You know, you, sometimes you'll come across writers, and they'll talk about the process and how kind of belabored it is and how awful it is and the blank screen. Honestly, I never have that. I don't either. I'm not going to live long enough to yeah. write all the books I want to write. It's exactly. A problem. Yeah. I have to. Like, I worry about that too. <laughs> I have, you know, over the last decade, I just have a laundry list of just ideas, and I should just stop like coming. No, up no, 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 no. I'll never get to the ones but, I already have. But you might come up with an idea that's even better Maybe, than another yeah. one. Like I think it I think that's a good thing too is to always have your mind working because it's different when you're writing a book versus when you're kind of figuring out a book as well. But then some early ideas get really far away. Like years go mm -hmm. by you come up with so much other stuff. But then when you look back on them, they're still really good. Oh, yeah, like, absolutely. I want to do that, too, you know? Yeah, I mean, I have, there's about three books now that have been in my head for a while that I want to write, and a life, it's it, like it, time. It, yeah. You just need time. You know, you and time. especially, which, which I'm sort of learning in this, in this process, with the book coming out, there's everything that goes into that yes. as well. Which takes away sort of from the writing process yeah. in some form. Well, it does and it doesn't because it, you're still at least you're still in the world. Of yes, it. absolutely, so, and absolutely. People are talking to you about writing, and you, you know if you do book tours mm -hmm. or whatever, you you're always talking about writing, so it actually can be kind of helpful. I'm very excited to kind of start that process and and start a book tour and it's and really start fun. reading. It's super fun. And also, you know, and again, we were talking about this. You know, as a writer, you really kind of live in your own world, and then to finally get like feedback to your work. Um, my book was just reviewed last week in Publishers Weekly, um, and it was really just like such a bucket list item off of my list that I was able to check. Just oh, yeah. to That's have true. a positive review and, you know, feel like finally things are getting out there in terms of it and to do like Q&As with people and to talk about it and to relive this work that has been the last really like 13 years of my life. 
know, um, which is crazy. Think of a book, you may be writing a book for a year yeah, or two yeah. years, but that book has probably been sitting in, in the back of your mind mm -hmm. for a way longer time before you actually sat down to physically write the book. Yeah. That's like the least of it. I mean, physically writing it, yeah, it's hard and all that, but it's the years of it's the years of thinking the about it you know and because it really was the first book that I wrote a lot of it with that very early draft was figuring out how to write really yeah, and constructing yeah. a book I was thinking about sort of how the idea came into my head initially and I remembered in the book and and on the cover um, there's sort of a, a tattoo of a yellow circle that kind of permeates through a lot of the book and on, literally on a lot of the characters. And the book kind of came about where I just imagined this city where everybody had kind of this similar tattoo and then what would kind of, why, how they would be connected and sort of the mystery behind that. And I realized that it actually it came from the Coldplay song, Yellow, which is about 13-year-old song, um, where literally one of the lines is they were all yellow, and I remembered listening oh, I remember to that. The line now. Yeah, they were all yellow, yellow. <laughs> and I remembered, you know, I loved that album Parachutes, um, and it was their first album, and I remember hearing that, and the I this image of just all of these people with sort of similar tattoos kind of jumped in my head, and that was kind of the jumping off point for for the book, but I had forgotten that until sort of these last couple months when I've been sort of reliving the whole process of the book, knowing that I'll be talking about it and giving interviews and, and things like that. Um, so I should thank Chris Martin because, yes, yeah. Yes, and you brought the idea of the tattoo into our film as well. Yes, that's true. So I guess that even, this even though, <laughs> yes, even though I don't personally have a tattoo, obviously I have obviously a connection. Obviously you really like them. I like tattoos. You know, in, in ours... In ours, it's it's really sort of more of like a birthmark. Um, these people that all kind of have this lizard-shaped birthmark on their palm and then how they're all connected as yes. well. And obviously there's... Because there's this... a lizard-shaped constellation in the sky called Lacerta. Yes. And mm -hmm. that's how they're all connected on Earth. They mm -hmm. have the same sort of birthmark mm -hmm. slash mm -hmm. tattoo on them that's subtle, but it looks yeah. like... Yeah, and neither... None of them knew anybody else that had it yeah. so to them it was just an odd birthmark that they kind of lived with yeah. not that there was an implication that they all were kind of connected on right. some higher level right um but obviously they were in terms of it um and it's interesting because you know i think from that um i would definitely like to keep writing scripts and we even have another idea, have another idea of, of something yeah. which we don't another need to we don't need thing. to we don't need to we give away the plot that, yeah like but let's keep that one to that ourselves. We, as far as screenwriting, like we're both we're both very interested in science fiction when yeah. it comes to screenwriting, but not in our fiction. I though. find you know writing a sci-fi book I think is really difficult because you're creating this world, and I'm not saying it's easy to write a script about that, but it's a little less of having to create the entire world. Well, the visuals in terms of are it. done through the camera. Exactly. It's like you don't have to create You don't the have visual. to describe it over right. and over and science over again. Good science fiction is one of the hardest things to write yeah, because yeah. it is world creating. 
you know, every facet of the world has to be created. When we were writing it, I know Contact was a huge Yeah, we influence. both read and loved Contact, and we both loved the movie Contact. Yes, I yes. love Carl Sagan, period. I'm yeah, a yeah. Sagan freak. So. I remember <laughs> seeing Contact, I must have been like 14 or 15 when it came out. Such a great film. And I remember seeing it with my dad, and we had, they give you those like free passes, like come see this movie. Um, and we saw it, and we turned to each other afterwards, and we both were like, that was really good. <laughs> <laughs> like, there was just something about it that kind of stuck with me. I mean, you know, Jodie Foster's really great in everything. Matthew McConaughey was in Matthew it. McConaughey, who also was really, really good in that movie. You know, Tom Skerritt. It has Angela Bassett. Like, it's a great cast, oh yeah. She's she a smaller role. Small, she's a smaller she role. She's really good in um, She's good, but... What I liked so much about that movie, and I hadn't read the book at the time, um, was I had no idea where it was going next. And that's really what I like about a lot of sci-fi, that it's surprising. Where yeah. sometimes in fiction, I could I know where books are going. I think as a writer and as a fiction writer, we read a ton. Yeah. And you can sometimes tell exactly where an author is headed. And I don't like that when I read books. Yeah. But sci-fi, I find I'm very surprised often as to where it kind of twists and turns. I read Contact. Good sci-fi. Yeah, good sci-fi, exactly. I was on a, I go camping once a year mm -hmm. for a month, and it's usually out west in Utah, Montana, New Mexico, Colorado. Um, Alaska's my dream, I haven't been there yet, but once a month I camp and try to live outside for the month just mm -hmm. camping. And I read Contact on... It's a perfect a place, through, yeah. Through Capitol Reef mm -hmm. and, and Zion camping, and it was amazing because mm. it was outside under the stars in Utah. And on the, we were also on the north rim of the Grand Canyon, which is quite amazing. The mm. south rim is where most people go. The north rim is harder to get to. It's very, very beautiful. And reading Contact under the stars at the north rim of the canyon was just incredible. It's really amazing how the environment around you can affect the book that you're reading. Definitely. Because sometimes I've picked up a book... And for whatever reason, I'm not into it. And then you pick it up again weeks later, months later, in a different circumstance, different things are going on in your life. And for whatever reason, it speaks to you. Then, you know, I mean, I think any book Under the Stars in Utah, it would definitely lend I itself to. It for, I but, chose to read it for that. But yeah, but that, but that really works for it. Yeah. Because, you know, it is about the stars and beyond. Oh, and what, what could be better than that, you know, yeah. in terms of experiencing it? You know, and I, I remember when we were writing um, over the summer, when we were writing Snatched, there was, I think that's I had... That's the name of our screenplay. That's the name of the way. screenplay, yes. Yeah. Um, I think we had really worked hard one day and I just crashed. And you kind of came into the room and you were like, get up, like, come see the stars. And I was like... Did I, I really? I don't remember that. Did I really do that? Yeah. And I was just done for the day. And you were like, no, it's worth it. It's worth it. And we went outside because we had been writing about the stars all day. Um, and then I think I took a nap and you went to like a party, you know, that was down the block or something. Um, and we went outside on the beach and there was nobody else on the beach. It oh, was that completely wasn't in the mountains. It was, was in Fire Island. Island. Right. Yes, okay. yes, yes, yes. I'm mixing them okay. up. We also were in Fire Island. Um, and the sky was just completely oh, pure, but yeah. the stars looked so much closer than they did in, in, Manhattan. in Manhattan. Even though we weren't far away. Yeah. Because on Fire Island, there's no hotels and there's no cars allowed in Fire right, Island. Right, right. So, so there's... any. There's no light pollution yeah, at all. Yeah, yeah. So. It was really amazing. And I, I mean, I had, I'd been camping before I, I had experienced, you know, a similar thing. Um, but with, like, the beach and then what we were working on, it all just kind of, like, 
fit together in terms of it. Um, and I think wound up being really inspiring also for so for when we so were too. creating sort of the sci-fi world that we wound up creating. Yeah, we're we're gonna we're about to start the well, we have started actually the second draft of that of that screenplay. Just to let you know where we're at. <laughs> yes, yes. Um, and it, you know, I I would say you know in 2015 it will be done. It will be done. It will be done <laughs> at some point in 2015. It, yes, this yes. Shall be done. You know, but I think you know what we what we talked about too when we were working on it. We were solely working on it, and now I have I have another project I'm working on. I'm working on a a, a TV series. Um, you're working on a new book, um, and it'll kind of be something we'll keep you know coming back coming to. Back to. Yeah. And and I think at this point that's sort of perfect for it. I agree. You know, because everything the foundation is set up, and now we're just kind of fixing. We're yes. fixing things we're fixing here and there. Yeah. Um, well, this was great, Margot. I know this was really. This fun. was a lot of fun. Um, thank you for so much for talking about influences and your own work and the stars and all of that. The stars. And I can't wait to read your new book when it's done. And I can't wait to um, finish Snatched as well. Thank you, Lee, and I'm so excited for you that your book's coming out January 20th. January 20th, yes. Um, Say the title again. The title is Slow Down. It will be out on Amazon, in Barnes Noble, on IndieBound, and in a bunch of indie bookstores as well. Everybody get Lee's book. Um, so yes, please buy it, only because um, I hope that you would love it as well. Yes. Um, thanks again, Margo. Thank you.